música, comida, cultura y comunidad. Así seguimos, no vamos a parar. Mira los zen, mira, mira, mira. Mira los zen, mira, from you. Sure. Who is you? Well, Maya is somewhat of a complex human terrestrial. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's, okay. that's pretty devoted to QPOC health. I'd also say QPOC, like just sex. I'm talking about sex, pleasure, fat, body positivity. And I am like super excited for this conversation. Yeah. Ooh, me. Yeah, you. The, uh, hi, I'm Taylor. <laughs> uh, ooh, how would I say it? I mean, I think my Twitter handle right now, it's ReproJusticeJuggernaut, Wit Wine and Wanderlust. That's but, one handle? Yeah, that's my little bio and my handle. Oh, okay. I thought it was the handle. No, okay. not my handle. Look her up. Yeah, and I work for Planned Parenthood Arizona, so similarly have a lot of work dealing with, you know, sex, sexuality, and repro justice. Two ladies in media, so this should be yeah. interesting. And of course, we have Dom. I don't want to be like, leave you out. <laughs> Say Hi. hello, Dom. How's it going? <laughs> And I'm Peter J. And uh, yeah, so I wanted to bring you gar- girls in here because uh, we've been having this conversation about the person of the year, which was mm-hmm. the, the Silent Breakers on Time Magazine and the whole thing with Me Too. And I thought, what you two working in this uh, sex ed type of work, uh, organizing, um, I wanted to hear your thoughts on everything. And uh, I looked up a lot of these articles on the Me Too. And obviously the big one that came out was uh, the Time Magazine person of the year. You know, the Atlantic, the New York Times, Vogue, they all had something to say about it. I was kind of surprised at how um, complex and criticized it actually was. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I left Facebook because of it. Um, (laughs) I started posting about the fact, you know, um, Damon Young uh, of Real Smart Brothers, which is now under the root, uh, ended up writing an article called Men Are Trash, (laughs) (laughs) Um, kind of taking some ownership or claiming some ownership um, of, yeah, you know, the entire, you know, sort of culture um, that we're dealing with right now. And I got ran off Facebook because men just could not handle it. Um, they felt it was some sort of witch hunt against them. And they didn't see it as a cultural critique. So yeah, there's tons of critiques. There was even one in the AZ Central, a letter from this week of a woman saying, you know, this is ridiculous. It's women's fault. Wow. Um, because they're, they, they're talking about things that happened 10 to 40 years ago and that they aren't the right sort of women and they have behaviors that are wrong. So we're still dealing with a culture that's underlying. This is an amazing moment, but there's still so much pushback. What about you, Maya? Oh, God. Yeah, for me, it was just, it was a busy time on social media. I was like, I almost, I was the opposite of quitting. I just, I totally dove into it. I was like really engaging in just a lot of petty arguments that I shouldn't have. You know, it's like, for me, it it did trigger a lot. It was like, you know, I ended up sharing my story. And as I read other stories, I had one friend that had posted, well, let's see how long it is until we see men start to co-op this movement, Mm -hmm. uh, use this as a moment to highlight their own wokeness or allyship to women instead of just letting it 
instead of just letting women have this. And for me, what was so surprising was how it really seemed to be an overnight success once these rich white women <laughs> celebrities yeah. started to just co-op it. And then yeah, I mean, it. even I went to go, I mean, you're living under a rock if you don't know what the Me Too movement and it was came out because of the Harvey Weinstein sexual harassment. But when I looked it up, just mm-hmm. Me Too and looked that up on Google, Alyssa Milano's face came up and she's yeah. actually on the wiki page which I know it wasn't her that started, no. right? This was Toronto actually right. who started in like in 1997 yes. when she was helping sexual harassment victims. So it's insane that that's the first picture that comes up when really, like you're saying, right? It, 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 we had to wait for the white feminists to come around and, uh, and give it the power that it had, right? Because right. she was the one who tweeted it out and then boom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. No, totally. And I think that dealing with both about the erasure of people of color, you're dealing with erasure of LGBTQ folk, you're dealing with erasure of people that are sex workers as well, like mm-hmm. people that are in jobs or professions that we see as this is a risk that it takes. Um, I think the New York Times piece on the Chicago Ford plants is a beautiful way of understanding what it looks like for a working class, mainly women of color and black women, dealing with that sort of harassment over 20 to 30 years that we're not seeing on the surface of the Me Too movement. It's mainly meant as a space for, you know, the the, the Ashley Judds of the world. Yeah, and I think she was even, uh, Tamar Burke was left out of that. She was in the video, I think, but was right. left out of the cover. She, yes. Yeah. Yeah, she was in in the magazine in the main article, but she yeah she was left out of the cover. But they did include Taylor Swift, you know. Let me Ashley Judd, yeah. Ashley Judd. Oh goodness, yeah, I'm trying to remember this cover. Yeah, I think all the articles that I read though were not Rose McGowan. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and she's been and she's been big on that too. I think she was also the the person who started the boycott Twitter. Yes. Well, you know what I what I found really interesting about Rose McGowan is I was really rooting for her. I was really really happy. And then she came for Meryl Streep. What do you mean? She came for her. She said that that she probably had known about Weinstein as well and had continued to work with him and basically called out for being like one of the corroborators or one of the people that stayed silent and and not taking ownership or blame for that. And what was really interesting was that Meryl then tweeted this long response back talking about how she didn't know. And it's possible for us to just not know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, and then she kind of did call her out for saying, well, how were we supposed to know if you yourself only came out with it five years ago or how many, however long ago she did? So I don't know. I, I... just kind of like another attacking another woman a lot of yeah and there's just been a lot of weird call outs I find like in this mm-hmm. movement um, well Ava DuVernay uh, went um, for Rose McGowan and she said yep. white women to be aware of the conflict some women of color have felt just from years of not ever being heard right and again yeah. it's the whole thing with Tamara Burke is just that that was started a long time but yet nobody was paying attention to them right yeah it takes a white woman to do it. Hey, hey, <laughs> white men step aside. It's white women's turn. <laughs> right. Seriously. And then another thing, too, though, is like, what type of like solution is this? is this bringing? Is it like just people sharing their story or there's like, what's the solution to this movement? I think that Me Too movement or at least the first initial sort of break on social media that that was, was this sort of 
um, opening up of the floodgates of, you know, raising awareness and uh, creating a safe space for people to start coming forward with this. Um, Obviously, we're seeing that we currently have a criminal justice system or a justice system that is not equipped to deal with this and has really always struggled with dealing with this. And also as people like for me as a social justice person that wants to look at restorative justice as a system, I don't necessarily want to, you know, just penalize these people and throw them away for 30 years. That doesn't do anything or they get a huge amount of fine. I think that that's great in certain ways, but it doesn't really get to the root of the problem. Because you can't go to jail for sexual harassment. Right. I think that um, only rape or like something that would lead to the assault Mm. or battery sort of stage of something. Yeah. For me, I think that the Me Too movement is really based in healing, which is, you know, restorative justice. So I don't believe that it was ever really intended to provide a solution. Um, It was only to amplify voices to kind of show a a greater magnitude of, of the problem, like to show like the the ripple effect. Um, I I found it really interesting how it never became a movement about men saying I have done this. Mm-hmm. Me too. You know. Um, I mean, of course, I can understand why because then it would be kind of like they were co-opting that as well. But I mean, if they if they're not going to do that, because the solution it can't come from. Uh, it shouldn't be put on the shoulders of the victims to provide solutions. Now we can heal. And then maybe after that happens, then maybe we can work towards that. Um, yeah, I would say the same sort of thing. I would echo that. And I think that that's the, the hardest part currently about what's happened on the social media thing is the immediate sort of break caused a lot of people to just shudder back mm-hmm. and be like, Ooh, especially, on, you know, men's side of things. And so it, it should be interesting because I still feel like the burden is being placed on survivors to do this work. But I would argue that at least for me, you know, coming from my lens at Planned Parenthood and our work is like we're using we're trying use this place to like highlight the fact that comprehensive and inclusive sex ed can be a space where we can start to shift this culture and we know that it actually has results. Um, the University of North Carolina um, did studies on this specifically you know having comprehensive sex ed that talks about consent and healthy relationships and starts in kindergarten talking about good and bad touch and is sex positive because I think that's like a huge thing is like it's hard for me to I divorce the salt piece from the sex piece because this is about power. This isn't about sex as a pleasurable, intimate act between, you know, multiple um, parties. And so that's something that we kind of need to get away from it. And we can't get super scared of sex because it's still a great thing that happens throughout our lives. So I would say that sex ed is the way to kind of do that. And then the inclusive part is to start bringing LGBTQ folks into that conversation because they're facing bullying and harassment because they're currently even, you know, with the bad sex ed that we have at schools, abstinence only shaming them. And they're put into a whole different category right. where they're getting nothing. So I did this focus group, and I, we did it with both men and women. And this is right before the Me Too things happened. Mm-hmm. And with the women, right, they were so talkative, and they really were open about situations and, and share their stories. And then the men were, one of the questions that we asked was, where do you talk about sex? And they were like, oh, well, at, you know, at school, at sex ed, or with their homies, right? right? But, like, there is no real place for people to go 
and get educated or talk or have questions, right? Mm-hmm. Like one of the the guys was, we said, have you ever made anybody feel uncomfortable? And the, one of the stories that he shared was that he went up to a girl at the supermarket and asked her for her number. And she was like, I don't want to be hit on when I'm at the supermarket. And he goes, well, fuck you, bitch. You know, so it, like, I don't know if like, like these young men don't know how to handle uh, rejection. That, you know, and like so insensitive and also mm-hmm. so ignorant to the fact that what is harassment and what is not harassment. Right? And right. that's kind of fucking scary. It is. It's very scary. Um, what I think is really interesting, though, that Taylor had brought up is these education for youth or, you know, very young youth really based on consent. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys have heard about the campaign that Girl Scouts just came out with, mm-hmm. that Girl Scouts are promoting for their girls and their children, for parents to not force their kids to hug or touch any adult that they don't want to, even relatives. Mm-hmm. So no hugs. Like to ask it, for, you know, oh, okay. the permission first instead of just assuming or feeling that it's, you know, implicit that you must hug somebody or that that's okay to just right. touch somebody that you mm-hmm. don't know or, right. you know, even somebody that you do know without some sort of prompt. Yeah, right. there is a, um, I'm such a touchy person. It's mm-hmm. terrible. I'm getting better. But there's people that don't like to be touched at all, right? So it's like that's that true. invading their space. Yeah. And then I don't want to erase, like, also in an effect, like, I think that, yes, I mean, we've seen the disproportionate like this is a problem of patriarchy but there are a lot of men like Terry Crews. <laughs> oh. oh, I love Who that. Who that? Yes. Terry Crews? Terry he, Crews. He's like the one that spoke up about his, it was a producer and agent, and he's one of the men that came out in this oh, Me Too okay. moment, but of course, like, man of color, and it actually happened in a public space. Like, Emma Stone and all these other people are able to corroborate. What happened to him? His oh, agent. Oh, Terry Crews, yeah. Dad um, from uh, yeah. Everybody Hates Crews. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, they were at a party, and everyone was drinking, and they were talking with agent, and the agent literally just went and groped his mm. genitalia in front of people at a party. And he knew that like even though he's bigger and like he could have like stepped right. up and scared this dude that he's a black man in a space that's mainly white. And mm. if he had beaten this dude like what's the story going to look like there? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's another thing about this like sex ed talk or like helping men with dealing with some of these feelings or opening up about these sensitive things is to also allow men that have dealt with abuse to not continue that cycle of abuse. What were you going to say, Maya? I'm thankful for kind of the, for Terry Crews that's sharing his experience because I think that that really does kind of anchor that this Me Too thing mm-hmm. is all about power and it's not about um, the kind of physical brute strength that we think when we hear power, we think that this sexual assault is usually when women are being held down or or being somehow physically controlled. But it's interesting to think about how we just as people have really moved beyond brute strength as being a determining factor. One thing that I always found really interesting about feminism and being in that social justice space is that when you talk to, say, like men's rights activists, their whole thing is, well, if you're a girl and you punch me, does that mean I get to punch you back? Oh, yeah. And I'm like, all right, so, like, first of all, do you want to punch me? Like, is that why that's the first thing that's uh-huh. coming into your head? Because you can. It's not going to end well for you, but you can. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, and the second thing is just kind of like, well, why are you still creating and, and making physical strength the great equalizer between humans. We have moved so far beyond that um, with both just colonization and capitalism where power is so much more complex. And I think that that 
when Terry Crews shared that and when Girl Scouts kind of had this campaign, it's it's really exciting to see how much this has picked up. And and I do actually kind of wonder if the like if really Trump has kind of created this like a bit of a snowball in this as well. <laughs> yeah, saying yeah. it's okay to do it. Yeah. You grab and- them by the <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and, and the multiple accounts and, and multiple cases that were brought against him. So what's going to happen with that? It just goes away? Like, they've been more and more. I saw, like, two of them. One was, like, an older lady, too. Mm-hmm. A lot. Of, yeah, there's a there's a wide range. And now, I mean, obviously, people are going back because he's, like, been like, oh, no, I never met them before or mm-hmm. whatever. And now there's and pictures. And there's a picture. <laughs> mm. um, and then there's mm. also, remember, before the election, uh, and this is a really interesting thing, but there was the allegations from a man that did end up being convicted in New York about a very, you know, younger, like, kind of sort of sex trafficking ring that was mm-hmm. happening. And so that he had two sexual assault allegations. They were 13 and 14 at the time. There was a case being built, and then it sort of just, like, zoom. It just kind of disappeared. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there was settling outside of court or if there was a certain amount of silencing that ended up happening. So, yeah, it should be interesting. I mean, people keep on calling out, you know, Kristen, Senator Kristen Gildebrand, all these people to try to get him to step down. But I don't think I mean, he's just sitting in it. But I don't know if that tide will ever turn for him specifically. What do you think um, is like a solution for this? I know that we said that we shouldn't have a solution. But like, I think that like all the all the things that I, I, I read about a day without a woman and right. Mm-hmm. boycott Twitter but like is this really is this really helping I feel like it is I feel like it is starting a chain reaction we look at Alabama and the Roy Moore Doug Jones election I thought Roy Moore was gonna win because oh, it just right? seems like like you could do terrible bad things and you yeah. still win. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. I mean, especially when you ride into the ballot box on a horse. I mean, I was even <laughs> a little bit surprised by that. Kind of like uh, a little bit of bravado. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I think another thing to you know think about is yeah, you are seeing people actually lose power. I mean, obviously Harvey Weinstein is spending his time here in Arizona, um, going through a recovery program and therapy at the program. Phoenician. Oy. Yes. Oh man, poor right. guy. Uh, the key thing is, is, you know, when we've seen you know people like Senator Al Franken step down um, and getting pushed out of that, the key thing is, is if that will last, if they if we'll forget about it and, and then suddenly they'll come back onto the scene and regain all of the power that they formerly had. But there is at least a bit of a challenge. And, and I think that people are starting to realize that, or at least I've even seen like people starting to think about their interactions with other people, especially subordinates in the workplace mm-hmm. in a very different way and starting to like now need to implement anti-harassment training. Um, That's huge. Like, the fact that we all go to workplaces and we know that, like, we're not supposed to do this, but we're not actually giving people training, like, that's starting to change um, for Congress for for a whole hell of of a lot. So that's a good thing. Well, what I think is really funny is I've seen a lot of men post on Facebook, it's only sexual harassment if he's ugly. Whoa. Like, yeah, I see a lot of men. And and the problem... What is ugly? What is not? (laughs) Exactly. And my problem is, it's like, okay, so what you're saying is that you don't know the... You don't know how to tell when a woman is uncomfortable or uninterested. But how is that or possible? Or you don't mind. But they, I, I feel like. <laughs> don't, no, 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 not gonna I feel like they don't. Like, they just, like, they don't get it, right? Like, you. you they don't like want to get it. That's true. It's like breaking up with somebody who doesn't want to break up with you. Yeah. It's just like, how many more times, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I gotta tell you. And then you start getting to be mean. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, we had that street harassment video, remember, years back, where mm-hmm. they, you remember it was like she wore the GoPro and she walked through the streets of New York had and all the to men. wear a tank top. Yeah. The nerve. <laughs> and like, and we kept on being like, this is something, and like, this is the beginning of this, and this is how unsafe it feels to just navigate public space as yeah. a woman or a There was um, just recently here in Arizona, a high school girl, I don't know if you guys saw that, she didn't wear a bra to school, and she was suspended and had to go and ha- had to leave school uh, property, and really, she posted the picture of it, and it didn't seem bad at all. It's just her not wearing a bra. We all know it. They, they suck, right? They're not comfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, the teacher was like you know with everything that's happening right now you you know you can't be doing that so but what businesses are theirs whatever if you want to wear a bra or you don't want to wear a bra so now the school is going back and forth about uh, her bra and it's just like that's the whole thing of like well you're wearing look what you're wearing I do right I don't know what do you guys think about that I mean I got that (laughs) I remember what it was two weeks ago broad daylight 2 p.m. walking from DeSoto over to Grand like wearing a wrap dress maxi all the way to the ground but does that really matter now and I walked and a guy was on his phone he proceeded to follow me and be like you have to talk to me and I was like no I don't and he was like no you need to talk to me right now you need to talk to me right now like I'm gonna follow you and he followed me down the street and I was like please leave me alone I'm just a person like where are you going what are you doing I'm like I'm just trying to get from point A to point B like you do not have any ownership over that and he's like then you shouldn't wear what you're wearing because if you're wearing something like that then I have the ability to talk to you and you need to stop right now and I was like hello so I mean it's just crazy Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't really know. I mean, I think that, That's yeah. That's so scary. There's this, like, re-energized boldness in, yeah. the, in the perpetrators as uh-huh. well, which is, like, this unexpected side effect, of sh- for sure. Do you, yeah. wanna, you don't want to wear a bra? Don't wear a damn bra. I know, like, good, badass. Like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> if, if it wasn't for sweat, I would do that, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that it's having I, I think it's continuing to have conversations like these but there's always going to be this little but where pushback. right like that's what we were asking those yeah. folks right like where do you have a conversation like this they don't know where to go right and like if you don't have a, a good friend either you know because guys like I'm like I don't know Dom who, <laughs> you guys have those conversations like what you talk about sex ed what you do you guys about? talk about sexual harassment yeah what you talk about in the bathroom You know, I mean, I didn't play sports. I didn't do that kind of stuff. So I guess, you know, what they say is that that's where men talk about that stuff. Uh, But what I do think is things were sort of puritanical and you didn't learn about sex and didn't learn about when a woman liked you or didn't like you. So really, you just had to learn about that through trial and error, which is unfortunate for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that trial and error could lead to a lot of that, mm-hmm. right. what's happening, right? Because they don't know and you don't know what's happening. Uh, what are you guys doing individually, personally, to to try to have more of these conversations? Or if it's like sex ed classes or even with your, as a community organizer, like what are what are you personally doing? Well, um, one thing we started was a local Phoenix kind of uh conversation social space and we're calling it I got you sis and it's really just for all only women of color and um, we just kind of we're having sex talks we're having talks about friendship uh, about uh, camaraderie uh, and I think that just getting designated time in your calendar to actually have these talks can be so beneficial it's it's amazing like if if you just 
take that time to actually talk. There's something about being in a room where you don't necessarily even know all the people and just hearing that diversity of opinion um, from other women that just happen to agree with you. It makes it's very validating. Yeah. You should go recruit at high schools for that. Oh, I would love to, but I don't know if they've let me on campus. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I know. I missed the first meeting of that. I had it on my calendar. Oh, yeah. I missed it because I had another obligation. Oh, man. I want to go to that. And then Work. so. And we drink wine. Oh, I'm definitely going. Hummus. Oh, I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> um, what about like for dudes? You know, is there is there I got you, bro? I mean, I they need to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I've done. Dom, you should start at one. And then one of the got things. Got you, bruh. <laughs> yeah, I got you, bruh. And then other than like us fighting specifically hard this year for comprehensive sex ed on, on the policy side um, and then still like organizing, you know, students and parents district by district to get this to actually happen. You know, we have Phoenix Union High School District. We have Sunnyside and Tucson Union um, High School Districts on board already. But we need to keep on, you know, the dominoes falling. But I think, yeah, having these conversations myself, um, bringing it up to the men that I have in my life, like slash my parents, like I'll be like, oh yeah, I brought up like that little story again with like the men that I know. I'm like, this is what I dealt with today, you know, just like trying to reinstill these ideas and just like have my feelings and I don't really need them to find out solutions for me to be like, oh, I'm going to protect you. They've just sat back and listened. And I think that that's so, sort of starting to do that. But I, I purposely will inject that into my conversations with men that I know. That's dope. I think that's really important because how does it become okay for a man to know when to talk about it unless people talk to them about it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, and, and sometimes we try to like, okay, all these people, like, you know, with a Planned Parenthood, Planned Parenthood and the policy stuff, but I think it's like, I was having this conversation the other day with some of my friends who are organizers that sometimes they're out organizing all their community and we forget about just our family, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. my brothers or my cousins. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, I was talking about spending more time because there we are trying to keep everybody together and not get deported or or, you know, all just all these issues that are happening. And really, we should start organizing our own family, right? Like that mm-hmm. little huddle of people and yeah. get them. So I like that. I'll, I'm yeah. going to start doing I mean, I, I function that way, too. I, 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 in recent years, I realized that, too. Like, I think that in the origins of the feminist movement, we talked about, you know, the personal is political to, like, move the personal into the political and public sphere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we need to, re- like, also do that in reverse and start thinking about, like, how do I... I interact with you and does that reflect my political and like and policy beliefs? So when I'm talking about restorative justice, like how am I having these conversations with men that have possibly crossed the line with me or said something or like texted me something that I just didn't feel was right? Like how do I stand up and have that conversation in a way to start to break that down? And so I think that that is something that we need to think about is that, yeah, we're personally having these interactions every single day and we need to open up that space. Were you gonna say something? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm. No, I'm. I'm just, just totally agree. I, yeah. Okay. I don't want to cut yeah. any of your knowledgeable thoughts. Real quick before we we wrap up, thoughts on woman on women's march. That's I think it's coming up, right? Yeah. January twenty first. January 21st. It got moved because unfortunately on January twentieth here in Phoenix, it is also the March for Life, so a pro life rally. Oh. And what would have ended up happening? Ooh, you didn't <laughs> expect some haters there, huh? Yeah, I already saw, and I put it when I first saw. Doing my opposition research, I realized, like, oh crap, the times are like this close and there's going to be overlap and so many people crossing each other that are fired up and have very, you know, polemic beliefs. So, yeah, that ended up going. 
boop. So Can, it's now the 21st. You know, so speaking of the pro-life march, I stumbled across this really interesting page that I just have not been able to get out of my mind since. And it's it's called New Wave Feminism on Facebook. I know. It's so Tell me about I'm it. I'm already, so like, problematic. my heart is palpitating it's, at how good this is about to be. And so this page is essentially, a, it is a pro-life page. They are, they... They say they are very feminist, uh, that they are very POC-centered, and their whole idea is systemically tackling the problem of abortion. So they are anti-abortion, and they are anti-abortion on the basis of, let's do the systemic work where we live in a society where abortion isn't even needed. Wow. And so I'm like... (laughs) <laughs> I mean, like on one hand, it's like, you know, I, yeah, that'd be cool to live in a world where there's they, no unwanted pregnancies. Is this or, white feminists? Um, yes. Oh, okay. Absolutely. That's like, that's like. You know <laughs> where. Where. There's, um, yeah. Shouldn't we tell these women, but you know? They, they, they have these this video like that they posted a couple of days ago, and I just... Yeah, I had to get petty on this one. But, um, it was about this. So this white woman who was a comedian was making an argument and she was pretending to be like this, like a, a poor white person, like basically like doing that like whole stereotype. And and I think was also pretending to be a man in, in the video, if I'm remembering correctly, but would spew out facts about the anti-black and racist roots of Planned Parenthood and this and that. And, and I'm like, well... Where, but where are your POC on the page, though? Like, you say, you know, this, this. there's this, like, they're very white savory where they're like, we're doing it because we're doing anti-racist work. And I just, I have... But yes, I, I, and, and this isn't the first page, right? Like, there's the other one, the other crazy one too. Mm-hmm, but. So, but it's like, shouldn't somebody tell them or like have a coffee with them and be like, listen, this is actually terrible for us. Right. Like, we are we are not a pro. This it's uh, like, look, lady, one day at a goddamn time. Exactly. Yeah. Anybody want to take? You want to take one for the team? Oh, oh, about this and how to have yes. these conversations. You can't lead can every horse to your, goddamn water. Can your white side do? You can't lead any, every horse to water. To, to water. No. Um, and I think that at a certain point, it, it comes down to this basis that we're talking about. It comes down to like this sense of agency and shaming um, around like sex and reproduction and people's bodies. And so when you're built on a framework or your value system is built upon a framework in which specifically women's bodies are seen in a certain way and they have to function a certain way way and sex is framed in a certain way I think mm-hmm. that you it's really hard to move people away from that value system because they're literally operating in, in a entire construction and uh, of a different sort of fact so you can start to pull them away but either the whole house has to burn down for them mm-hmm. damn you cannot that's a lot that could be fun though yeah but I think it <laughs> to gets watch to that it. point yeah, yeah. So, um, you, but, you guys you guys didn't uh, tell me though what were your thoughts on the women's march so I because that was another thing that was like criticized too man we POC people just be criticizing well, everything well, hey, white, people, white people are hey. probably like we can't do nothing right we can't do nothing that's, right, a, that's right step aside I think right. that that's the true thing is like there's this continuing to be like if you want to be anti-racist if you want to do this stuff and do this work well mm-hmm. you need to understand the big point of this is to step aside and give up your 
power in the dynamic a little right. bit. And that's the problem is no one wants to hand off the mic. And so you still want to be like, good, you know, you want to be morally good on this sort of stuff and be like, I'm following all the policy things, but I'm not willing to step aside and give space. Women of color have been doing it since... <laughs> Forever since Toronto Burke started this Me Too movement. Again, look at Alabama. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that white people did not do that. That was the work of black women organizers that were just badass and relentless. And they, I mean, they had like a 98 and a 95% Democrat vote. That's incredible, yeah. right? I mean, even look at the the results from the last election. And there's uh, the root actually also came out with another article where it was like black women are the only ones that know how to like like act or like that they're like just kind of step aside and let them lead. And it's like I, I you know I completely agree. And I think that black that's, women and yeah. especially especially when we're bringing in votes for candidates that are inherently problematic mm-hmm. to our communities because they're working in a neoliberal framework. Mm-hmm. So like to come in and be voting for people that like the Clintons and like we yeah. are showing up because we know how bad the other thing is but we mm. know that we're gonna have to trade that for a continuing like decaying criminal justice system. Well then, right. then that they also blame the Democrats right? Like this old mm. school Democratic Party that's been a part of that. You yeah. Know? Supports so, that. so it should be interesting. I know that the, the women here, I know the women here in Phoenix, I mean we participated in the last one and this year as well and it's, a, it, you know, the there's a lot, it's women of color that are leading the oh, planning good. of this one. Nice. Um, completely and utterly women of color. So that's really cool. And so we'll see. And now it's called the Women's March of the Polls. So I think there's going to be much more of a focus mm-hmm. on, obviously, 2018 midterm elections and voting down the ballot along with ballot initiatives. So there might be a little bit more oomph and content to this one to ratchet it up versus, I mean, it was great. We got a lot of people that showed up for the first Women's March. And it was beautiful to see people under all these banners. But People like to show up for the flashy, fun stuff where you like gonna wear a little hat. Oh yeah, the pussy hats. <laughs> and like we need that. Wear one. Right. We need to carry that energy to the special election for Trent Frank's seat. Oh, um, yeah, we need yes. to carry that energy up until our Senate elections, mm-hmm. and so and we need to also have a united front so that we can scare mm-hmm. some of these Democratic candidates into like being right on a hundred percent of our issues because right. the front runner right now for that Senate seat does not reflect. Sometimes we, we go with candidates because your last name is Garcia or Lopez, right? right? Or because yeah. you're black. Mm-hmm. And then I think the community's been really good about accountability. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, just, you know, in the couple of years now where we have a lot of, like, young organizers, you know, really like, what are you doing for me, right? Now we're not just voting for people who have that last name or that look like us. Yeah, yeah. well, I know, like, last week I went to a fundraiser for the Black Voter Initiative, the mm-hmm. Arizona chapter. Yeah. And and what's really badass is that my friend Michael, who's um, helping to run that, he created this report card of all of the Arizona public officials, current and running. Like an A F. <laughs> yes, oh, an A cool. through F scale. Yes, it's it's really disappointing, but it's very helpful. Ooh, can I see that? Yes, I would love yes. to. Imagine Trump's report card. Oh, you. Know. <laughs> it would be. I wonder if we could like. Do you even have like a site like that we could share it on? To oh the the oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah we'll share it on Facebook. We'll share it on oh. the Middle Center. So we sh- we shall see what the women's were. I know that like there there obviously will be all the events in like Tucson, Yuma, and everything. And then I know that AZ List is doing Echo events where they're getting people to learn how to petition cool. um, and all that kind of stuff. So and by that time, legislative session will have started. Mm-hmm. So we'll already have that kicked off. So the Black Women's March is actually showing up at the 
opening day to January 8th of legislative session at 10 a.m. Cool. to get people to register Ooh, to, lot, um, that's a lot of to give testimony and, and speech. Up. I mean, yeah, it's like January 6th, March for Our Schools, January 8th, legislative opening day, and then it just, you know, crescendos up until the, the Women's March. So <laughs> Great for all those New Year's resolutions. <laughs> I know, for real. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to be walking a lot, hey, get so real cute with that Fitbit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's 2018. Do you guys, what are your 2017 regrets? You, just you. I want to know. Tell me, tell me. What are you regretting? That maybe you you didn't, you weren't as friendly, you were too mean, or... Oh. No, I'm happy about... You have no regrets. Um... I regret, uh, I'll tell you this, I regret not riding my bike as much as I wanted to. Well, two of them were stolen. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> twice. Uh, but then I got another bike and I just sat there. So, I regret not riding my bike enough. I regret not hiking more. Oh, okay. See, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. What about you, Tete? I regret entertaining all these scrubs. Yeah. <laughs> you do be entertained. I entertain a lot of scrubbish behavior <laughs> that I need to quit into 2018, so I'm trying to do that. But, I mean, the scrubs have their place, but it's... it's and then we got to give you guys a, a plug. So if people want to reach you, where where can they do that? Where can they find you? All your knowledge. Oh, well, you can go on Facebook. I'm one of the only Maya Blancos on there. Blanco. Especially in Arizona. You don't have a Twitter? I do, but I don't ever use girl, it. Girl, you are know. missing out. Oh, it's Twitter's know. where it's was, at. Yeah, that's where it's at, girl. That's where all the shit talking goes. That's the news. Like the, like the, I felt like it's it's more cheesme. Like that's like fresh. Oh yeah, that Twitter, is. But that is a cheesme fresh. Yeah. Uh, I go. I wake up to Twitter. I go to sleep to Twitter. Uh, what about you, Tete? Where um, can they find all your crazy on Twitter? Um, so I'm at TNT and then Taylor T A Y L E R. Um, so right now my little tag is Marxist mommy um, <laughs> uh, please explain uh, oh yeah you know everyone knows that I'm like on the much more left side in terms of my politics but yeah no Mark's mommy Mark's Marxist. Marxist. Marxist oh I was like what yo okay, get some okay. economic theory up yeah in no, there. no 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 I got you I got capital. you well, thanks so much for being here and entertaining me and this scrub tonight. Uh, and uh, Happy New Year's. I love yeah. you both. Aww. And uh, hopefully we'll have you guys come in for another chat. I know Michael is actually going to be here awesome. next month for the... T- yeah, they're going to be talking about the, the black vote. Yes. Um, yeah. Because I think like sometimes we've uh, focused a lot of like la- Latino vote. Right? Mm-hmm. And the sleeping giant, I hate that fucking... <laughs> oh, my God. I fought that so hard in 2016 with all the media. But the sleeping giant, it's like, man, we are awake and dancing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think it's cool now that the, the black voter initiative is uh, taking on, you know, we are, need our... I think it's like only 6% of population. Yeah, that's correct here. here. We don't have a lot oh, yeah. of black people. No, it's Damn. 6%. And it's really spread out like so even in the Phoenix metro area there just isn't a high concentration I mean like yes you see in South Phoenix but there's just like these little mm-hmm. teeny pockets so mainly people are living in neighborhoods with maybe a few couple other you know black folks and then that's it so yeah. so more people of color get out to vote and then hopefully next year we got less uh, of all this shit yeah exactly happening. Yeah. we can so. drag these Beckys and Jonathans and Dougs <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got to tell you that story in a little bit, Dom, about, about the Beckys. All right, but thank you. Bye. 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 
Thanks to our lovely guest, Maya Blanco, community organizer, and Taylor Tucker with Plant Parenthood. Today's episode was produced by Dominic Medina. Everything, all things web is Carla Chavarria, and I'm your host, Peter J. Please help us by sharing this podcast and also find us on our Facebook page and let us know some topics that you want us to cover and maybe we'll even have you come on and be one of our guests. Uh, also, follow us on Twitter at Mira Listen, everything Mira Listen, MiraListen.com. Uh, happy New Year's.